This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, September 11th, 2020, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, I'm doing out of order. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. LeBron James is the GOAT. And back from a week-long vacation, author, mm. podcaster, <laughs> extraordinaire, Jamie Ivey. Welcome hey back. Hey, guys. Uh, did you miss me? We missed you we while you were lounging by your pools and doing whatever you do. Okay, first Must of all, there nice. was, I was not lounging my pool. I was working, but I did meet up with Derek and Tyler to have a drink when I was in Nashville. So I got to meet oh, them oh, face oh, to face. No, no, you can't. Hey, delete that. You can't be telling people that you had a drink with me. I'm evangelicals not going to let me rap for their children. <laughs> you had, you had, you, it was a non-specific drink. You, you were allowed had, to have water. You could have had a seltzer and lime. You know, it was a Derek, good drink. that's what I assumed. Sorry, and sorry, everybody, guys. Derek Miner picked up the tab for all of us, so that was nice of him. What? Thank you for for supporting Derek's music and providing <laughs> him the ability to pick up his friend's tabs. Derek, uh, up until you said that and, and caused me to stumble, I thought you were talking about you guys went for milkshakes or chocolate milk or something. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're adults, that's, but we're, well, <laughs> we're also Christians. So, Jamie, a, you, you were in Nashville? You I was in Nashville, Nashville all week, and so I was doing just a ton of interviews. I have a book coming out um, October 1st, and so I was just swamped, busy. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it was great. So it wasn't wasn't personal boundaries, margin, vacation reason why you missed the last two episodes. It was just you preferred other work to this work. No, it was just I had to do it. I had to get it and I had to do it. And, you know, I had to do it. And I was so sad because here's the deal. I was like, they're going to not have me. And then next week they're going to be like... Hey, you're out. We're done no, with you. We would so, never do that. We I'm would glad never you're do back. To you, I'm glad Jamie. to be back. <laughs> J- Jamie, you you brought up you know speaking of meeting um, uh, Derek and Tyler are out for out for drinks. Um, I, milkshakes. I have a, for milkshakes. I milkshakes. I also I I you know I feel like we're we're at the time in sort of the pandemic where people are are like slowly d- having sort of gatherings like that and. Because everyone knows the story of Jesus turning water into grape juice at a party, I feel <laughs> totally okay about telling this story. So I had a buddy, I had a buddy the other day um, and that I haven't seen in a while, and uh, he was like, "Hey, we should meet up." And 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 it, there's a brewery down the street, and it's called it's called Farmhouse, and basically it looks like if Chip and Joe designed a brewery, right? Like yeah. a big, brewery, yeah. like a big house on like a big field with like string lights and like yeah like ironically uh fancy kind of like airstream trailers with like food trucks and stuff you you get the picture right not really my kind of vibe i like a little grittier place uh but uh, it's okay i'll go there and uh it was very crowded that evening and uh we went inside to order our our beverages and catch up we haven't talked about our milkshakes and a critical part of the story is the milkshakes that we're buying require that a Adult show ID, and so um, 
<laughs> so the, most of this place, most of this brewery, they moved all the operations outside. But where you go in to order your milkshakes, which require an ID, you have to go inside the building, which means you put the mask on, right? Yeah. And my my buddy, he, he's he's not a huge fan of the mask, but he understands. He's doing his part, like we all are. And he's he's wearing a Survivor buff. He's a big Survivor fan. He's like one of the few people I know that still are heavy, heavy into Survivor. So he's got a Survivor bandana. I got my mask on. We go wait, to order. Wait, wait, wait. He has like a fan, like the the branded the to the show. The branded the one he ordered it from the Survivor <laughs> website. Nope, nope. He's that deep on the. Uh, he watches every season. Okay, that's his big thing. So we go in there. And that's him his and I, thing. Like, like he's known as the Survivor can, guy. Oh, dude! If you want to talk Survivor, he could chop it up all day with you. <laughs> So we go in there. I've not seen one episode. <laughs> I haven't seen one in probably 15 years. Yeah, like, I haven't seen one in 15 years. So, yeah. so we go in and, and we walk up to the milkshake bar and, uh, you know, and there's a long line behind us forming. It's a very, po- it's a nice, it's a lovely evening out. A lot of people have the same idea we did. It's right in the middle of the week of, too. A lot of people wanted milkshakes. Yeah. yeah. And so, so we go up and, uh, you know, the bartender is like, hey, uh, first can I see you guys' ID. Now for people who don't look at seeing the zoom video i don't think i look like i could possibly not be any any younger than i mean uh, jamie jamie derrick guess how old i am just visually right now i'm gonna look at right in the camera yeah, they don't know they don't actually know smile and I'm, you guess I'm my not, age I'm, i know i know that you you've been I doing this podcast for a while me but too you look, yeah you look like you're like no lie like 20 21 22 I'll tell well, you. Well, you're wearing your hat backwards. I mean, that adds to okay. it. Okay, your J- cap. J- Jamie. How, how I mean, I know you've been doing this podcast a long time. I know you're married. I know you have children. You have to be in your, you're in your mid 30s. I, I am 37 years old. And so uh, my buddy is, uh, he's like 38 or 39. And he looks much older than me. He He's already got Oh, he's been surviving for a long time. Exactly. He wears <laughs> on you. Exactly. So we go so we go in there and and he has a beard with quite a bit of gray in it too. Okay. And, 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 but the, the beard is being hit, hidden by the survivor bluff. That's the problem. They can just <laughs> see his eyes. So we go up there and, and they're like, hey, we need to see some ID. So I pull out my driver's license and my buddy pulls out a folded piece of paper that came off of a printer okay and he hands it to the bartender and she's like what is this and he's like I, listen i went i called the dmv my license was expired and and they said that because of covid they're not issuing new license they said use this as your driver's license and they're like well, do you have anything else? We can't just take a piece of printer paper that you printed off. He's like, I got it from the DMV. It, things are <laughs> Is getting this picture on it? There was no picture on it. And, and, and so the they problem. literally said, they literally said, uh, they said, if you have anything in your wallet that has a picture on it, we will, we will let you, we will, we will give it to you. It can be anything. And he's like, okay, fine. And he hands him his Apple Pay credit card, which the problem is it has his name, but no picture ID. They take his Apple Pay and they look at it and he's like, look, match the name on the Apple, on the Apple Pay card to the printer paper. And they're like, this, this, this won't suffice. Just give us your old driver's license. And at this point, it's getting heated. And he's like, it's void. And he goes, that's it. And he takes off his mask. He goes, look at this. And he takes down his survivor's bluff and he's showing his graying beard. He's like, how could I possibly not be of legal? age to purchase this milkshake okay I, I i and he's very frustrated because we've been waiting a lot we haven't seen each other in a long time and at this point there's a crowd forming at the bar and i and look i have to i what do i i can't abandon my buddy you know and and so then you know as he's like begging the begging the milkshake bartender to accept his printer piece of paper some guy walks up to him okay and goes dude can you please put back on your mask
mask right now. That was the final straw. That's you know? it. Yeah. yeah. My buddy's like, are you serious, man? Are you serious? Is everyone here serious right now? Have we all lost it? Has the pandemic just caused everyone to lose it? Who's serious right now? Is he who's, like, who's serious right now? I'm, I'm just standing there staring straight ahead. And now he's on Twitter. I'm, st- yeah, yeah. I'm staring straight ahead, like very awkward. Like this is going to either, this is either going to end with both of us being forcibly removed, being beat up by a bunch of people, by, 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 you know, the other patrons or, or the police called. So I just grabbed him. I said, put back on the survivor bluff and let's get out of here. It was a scary situation. Said, I'll take two milkshakes. That's what I'm ordering for myself is two milkshakes. I, well, they knew they, they wouldn't they do were that. They to you. But yeah, I, I, went out to to, I went out to one of the, the fancy food truck things that I got him <laughs> they, because they were only selling the beer inside. So the he milkshakes. had to drink like uh, like a sangria from one of the food trucks. It was very emasculating. It would probably been better to have nothing. But uh, it's stressful times out there, guys. It's, it's stressful. stressful times. Stressful and the times. mask. Everyone's getting stressful. farted with the mask because it makes I you feel know. good for a moment. You're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm 42. Yeah, there you go. So, oh, getting ID'd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, I can't tell by your eyeballs. Yeah, how old you are. your eyeballs yeah, yeah. don't say how old you are. Yeah. All right, well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, one of our favorite uh, indie rock duos, Y Oak, joins us. Um, now, here's the connection. The band is featured in the new issue of Relevant that we told you about on the last episode. So uh, if you saw that feature today, you'll get to hear part of that conversation and some stuff that wasn't in that feature. So stay tuned. All right. We're moving the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's the hot list. You're listening to Shamir. The song is running. Well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals or keeping you from experiencing peace? With all the heaviness that's happening in our world, it can be difficult to find uh, peace and purpose. That's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment. You can start communicating in under 24 hours and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions and you can message your counselor anytime. To top it all off, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states if you're in that field. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash relevant. Okay, it's time for... It's the hottest, the hottest. It's sizzling. Please welcome to the show, relevant senior editor Tyler Huckabee to tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Tyler. 
Hey, everybody. All right. So the, the first news that we're, we're kind of going over into the, when, when I brought this piece up to Cameron earlier today, he said, well, Derek should have some thoughts about this one. So, Derek, you're up. <laughs> you're, you're up oh, my gosh. It may not be what you're thinking, though. This is going to be because this is my lane, too. Uh, but we but we're going to start by talking today about an actor named Robert Pattinson, uh, who, has obviously, who has obviously been uh, he's been in the news a lot lately. He, he uh, got famous off of Twilight. It's been a few years and like the weird indie movie circuit sort of have a little bit of resurgence he's in uh he's in tenet right now Uh and of course he is going to soon be known as batman we got our first look at the new batman movie uh last week but tragedy has struck in gotham because just two (laughs) days after the batman resumed filming after getting delayed for the COVID 19 pandemic it was announced that somebody on the batman movie had tested positive for COVID 19 and they were having to shut everything down again and then it was revealed that no none other than batman himself robert pattinson had was the one who tested positive so everything so everybody's going back in we don't know when this is going to start filming again we don't really know when this movie is going to release apparently they have only filmed about 30 percent of it and it is a good reminder that i know things are kind of open and back up around the country but if if uh if holly if the if the if the lamestream media and holly weird <laughs> can't keep their prize goal that this movie is supposed to be the one that saves Hollywood and brings everyone back to the movies when it releases. If they can't keep their star actor safe from the coronavirus pandemic, then I don't know what chance the rest of us have either. So it's really important to stay safe, keep wearing a mask, uh, make sure that unlike Batman, your mask covers the bottom half of your face instead of the top one. That was probably where Batman went wrong. And and, uh, if you can, if you can socially distance, I hope everyone's still doing that. But uh, I, Derek, you and I texted about it a little bit. You told me that when you saw the trailer, you said you started crying. Bruh, listen, man. Grown man, big black man tears, bro. I was like, look, dog. <laughs> you know what? I almost started crying when I found out he got COVID because I'm like, dog, if Batman can swing across all these buildings, have all these inventions, if my dog died from COVID, I'd be so sad. It'd be like, dang, that'd be the most anticlimactic Batman ending ever. But man, I hope Pattinson gets, you know what I'm saying? Get himself the, together. The next, the next yeah. half of the movie, though, he's going to wear that top mask thing and he's going to have a big, <laughs> a survivor, a big survivor bandana. <laughs> I was going to say, to be fair, to be fair to Rob Pattinson, they gave him the opposite of a COVID mask. It covers everything but you need. It leaves the eyes, nose, and mouth wide open. Right. Can, can I give one Rob Pattinson anecdote that I don't feel like like I I am reasonably indifferent about his career I don't really have that many thoughts about it I haven't seen a lot of his kind of uh, more eccentric kind of indie work I, I you know and don't really have any feelings about Twilight but I read a profile of him uh, not that long ago is this the GQ profile yeah the GQ profile oh, yeah. and the, the, this is gr- the greatest anecdote from it right because at this point uh, and, and Tyler correct me if I'm wrong because I'm pretty sure we might have been texting about this article at some point but I'm pretty sure uh, th- that the interview was conducted during a, a filming hiatus because of pandemic concerns and he and yeah. Rob Pattinson at that point you know he's got Tenant coming out he's got he's he's in produ- he was in production for Batman, but everything shut down. So he just he just laying low in his in his in his apartment, and it was there that he dedicated his time 
to developing a new casual dining option that he's just been fascinated with. And he actually spent his filming hiatus uh, uh, inventing a product. And I got to tell you, the execution sounded terrible, but the idea was fantastic. Okay, so right now, you go to one of these casual dinings, like a Chipotle type of situation, right? Yeah. The, 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 the market used to be cornered with with like a Subway, where you put fresh ingredients and you walk out with a handheld sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, 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 you know, after Subway, it was like, you know, Quiznos and all these other places come, but it was all sandwiches. Chipotle comes along, blows everybody's mind, blows everybody's minds with a casual dining burrito. You just take it in your hand a piece of foil. Well, Rob Pattinson's a big Italian food guy, and he had an idea for what it's not a panini or 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 or, or a calzone. This is this is lasagna, handheld lasagna to go. And and basically, he invented this in his apartment, and he bought all the supplies and 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 sounded like pretty rigorous uh, R and D. He was going through. <laughs> he got two big, but the final product was this. It was like two pieces of flat pasta, and he jammed them full of cheese and sauce, but somehow sealed it up so you could eat it with one hand. And it was like a to-go handheld lasagna. Jesse, that's a hot pocket. No, it's not bread. It's not bread. It's pasta. Like yeah, it, no it's bread. No it's grain. not sealed. It, 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 it's sealed pasta. It's a pasta noodle. It's, it's a big ravioli. It's a giant ravioli. ravioli. It's, it's a go ravioli. And I'm like, dude, why hasn't anyone thought about that? They did. It's, it's called not. ravioli. But no, you, but you but, hold it. But like, like, a, like I'm a just foot laughing long. at white. I'm laughing at white people gentrifying other white people's inventions. <laughs> now. Like, it's like, they ran out of black inventions. We like let's we want to gentrify the white people's. Inventions. My man said, I got a great idea. We've already pillaged all the other cultures. Let's just go go to Italy. Tyler, you read about this. Did that, weren't you sort of, was that the most, that was to me the most intriguing part. You are not mentioning probably the most important part of that conversation, which is that he tried to make it on Zoom for the GQ interviewer and he set his microwave on fire. So I don't think, I don't think it's there yet. It's not there. It's not there. Okay. But I'm just saying, if you had the option, guys, right now, like what he, he was drinking a lot of milkshakes when he came up with that <laughs> idea. Hey, hey, listen, Cameron, he's in quarantine like everybody else. Trying to, yeah. the time. He's trying to get through. Okay, but so yesterday I, I went to Chipotle, right? And, it, you know, I know what the expectations are. They make it the same every time. And it was a little online deal. Got it Got it to go. Walked up to the door. They handed it to me. But if there was an Italian option where you get this handheld raviola lasagna, uh, Jamie, I, I, you you are probably the most cultured out of all of us. Um, <laughs> Facts. Not Facts. Even close. Do, do um, do, do, what, how does this strike you as? Let's say the price point is like I don't know seven, six, seven bucks. Is like a Chick Fil A price point. Like it's like a Chick Fil A, and it's about the same size as a chicken sandwich. But it's as again, it's to go lasagna raviola handheld. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm in as long as Robert can make sure that. That cheese and that sauce is staying inside that noodle because the worst would be driving down the road trying to eat your handheld lasagna ravioli. But and you got cheese it's, everywhere. Yeah, noodles are like raviolis are squishy. Like you, like you need. But that Robert's got to do something new. I guess he's on it. 
You need I, that crunch. You need, like you need some. Like I said, hot pocket. <laughs> yeah, and then we're getting hot pocket territory. Well, he, I, I feel like, and Tyler, again, you read this interview. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a significant portion of the interview was devoted to him talking about this <laughs> and the ingredients. Like you can tell, even the GQ or profilers, like, was this pandemic? I really got nothing. I mean, if we're doing this over Zoom, sure, let's talk about your handheld lasagna. Quarantine will make not, people do crazy things. Yeah, you were you were more impressed by the idea than I was, Jesse. <laughs> And I feel like more impressed than the GQ interviewer was, too, because there was an era of, you know, he was an objective. He's a good reporter. He was objective. But there was an era of skepticism in the write up to all good to ideas. What Pattinson was saying. And like I said, the microwave was on fire. That, that was clear. So it's not. That's, that's not his fault. He doesn't have he doesn't have the proper equipment. He's testing. It. You think, OK, Google started in a garage, Tyler. You don't think you don't think. <laughs> Sergi or, or whoever, what, what I forget his name. You don't think he had a couple of mishaps with the water heater in the corner? Listen, big ideas. Did anyone? Did anyone knock Bill Gates when when a computer got all dusty because he's building Microsoft out of a storage unit? Just you got to start somewhere. It, 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 what an origin story! It started in a microwave in an apartment during the pandemic, Tyler. <laughs> also, imagine being the. Imagine being on the you're you're I'm sure they have somebody I don't know what the name of this person would be on the Batman movie who's in charge the trainer who's in charge of keeping of getting Rob Pattinson in superhero shape and then you read this GQ profile and you're like he's eating. you're eating what <laughs> <laughs> that's all I was thinking I, this is not this is not six pet this is not I don't think that was on the diet that they handed over no. to Tim when they sent him to go into lockdown oh man uh, uh, talking about Robert has any have any of y'all seen Tim? No, no, not no, yet. Oh yeah, y'all don't go to the no. movies like we do. Yeah, you've seen it. I've seen it. I haven't we seen can't. it. My whole family saw it, and um, oh. but I haven't seen it. It's not my type of movie, but whatever. The reviews yeah. are, are are pretty pretty good though. Everybody says it's amazing. But they I mean, left it's more Nolan. confused than when they got in there. So yeah. that's what they said about <laughs> it. I've said this before. The sweet spot for Rotten Tomatoes for me is about sixty five percent. Anything <laughs> over that? Anything yeah. over that? Here's why. Here's why. Anything over sixty five? That means it's probably pretty good. You know, like it's probably just a good, boring movie. Like, oh, it's, oh, look, another good, high-rated movie. Just what I want. No, I want something that's polarizing. Like, why do about forty percent think this movie's not good? Like, <laughs> why, why, why is it that sixty percent, just over half, said no, yeah. that was pretty good, but forty said this is terrible. I, those are my sweet spot movies, and so that's why I really want to see Tenet. And that's why last week when we talked about awful movies, you had so many awful movies that you've seen because more you take chances on that. I don't, That's right. I don't, I can't take, I mean, listen, man, like if 75, if we're not getting 75%, I'm not even probably going to waste my That's time. Me. But how yeah, many, how many me. comedies, you know, have low ratings because they weren't critically acclaimed, but they're no, like, that's different. Great. Like brothers and stuff like that. Okay. Comedy is the exception. Comedy is the exception to the rule because at the yeah. end of the day, you know, for me, it's the actor at, at that point. If it's yeah. Will Ferrell, it's a go. You know what I mean? Like that. It, it's but as far as like a drama yeah, yeah, or an yeah. action film, if we're not sitting at seventy five, especially if it's not like I'll take a bad superhero movie all day just because I want to see my favorite comic book characters come to life. But if it's something I've never seen before. And and I don't know who's directing it, who's starring in it, and it's like sixty five percent. I'm a, I'm gonna just catch it on Netflix. Yeah, there you go. All right, what else do you have, Tyler? We're saying we're saying in the lane. 
Uh, we're we're talking about a another another actor. Uh, this one you may not have heard of. Uh, this is a uh, we're going to talk about an actress whose name is Marisol Nichols. Uh, who she she kind of did favorite. her. <laughs> she did the rounds on some so on some soap dramas for a few years uh, csi and uh and then career took a little bit of a i would say took a little bit of a, an unintentional hiatus and has recently come back and been a major player on riverdale that cw uh, yeah. the like hot archie show the but yeah. what if archie was cool um the that show so she recently revealed in an interview with Mary Claire that during her time, kind of her post-CSI career, before she got uh, cast in Riverdale, that she approached, volunteered with the FBI to be a, a, to be bait or a mole to help infiltrate some child, some child uh, trafficking rings online. She would pose as an actress. She would pose as a mother who was going, trying to sell her kid online and uh, be sort of a, be sort of a, what's the Chris Hansen uh, type yeah, figure for, yeah, for uh, potential online predators. And she's been doing this for six years now. She worked with under she was undercover with agents for so this was called kind of a weird name operation underground railroad and uh, local law enforcement to serve as bait for these sting operations she did this domestically and she did this internationally uh and uh, she just went clean about all this and now after going after talking about her time there she is going to be cast in another new tv show uh, that is going to be about her experiences she's going to produce and set to star in a show in which she will play herself as an undercover as an actress who goes undercover to break up human trafficking rings it's great well i i Good also for her I read though what's craziest is that she was like real life alias because she's doing this with the FBI and then got cast in Riverdale. And so she's shooting Riverdale. And then after she'd leave the set, she would go to these sting operations and she was living this double life of being an undercover agent and a famous actress. Like at the same time, it's crazy. And so now now they're doing a show about her. (laughs) Were the stats tally that she was doing, was it in person or online? It was online. Online, okay. This was online, yeah. She did not go, she was not part of the drop-off. And obviously, her time with the FBI has come to a close because she's now becoming recognizable enough that I don't think anybody's, I don't think, I don't think the predators out there are buying what she's selling anymore, but <laughs> she would even, she looks young and she would even sometimes pose as a minor uh, yeah. uh, to try to learn. Like couldn't find like any Jesse's details friends. about how yeah. many successful <laughs> stings there were or how many arrests were actually made or anything like that. But, uh, but still she was, it's it's something to be said for being like, well, my career as an actor is kind of drying up. I wonder if the FBI needs help bringing up breaking up human trafficking rings and then actually doing it. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. I think that's I think that's super dope. Yeah, yeah. good for her. That's crazy. Good no, I want to watch yeah. Riverdale. No, I'm good. I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'm gonna pass I, I on actually, that one. Yeah, I, I can't say. I, I mean, help yourself. But it, what's the, what's the be... Rotten Tomatoes rating? Is it seventy five <laughs> or above? <laughs> I may have told you guys this before, but years ago. Uh, this, this was a long time ago. It was back when, like the the the, the Chris Hansen tor- Dateline show, like to catch a predator, was on, where they would lure these predators. You were on it, were you? No. Okay. Uh, years ago. <laughs> but years ago, I had we had some. I had some buddies over, 
And we, we, we specifically came together with the intention of writing some sketch comedy. And we're like, we'll make them into YouTube videos. It'd be hilarious. We walked away from that night, probably five hours of work with one idea. And it was called To Catch a Predator. And it was it was like, and we have an exterior shot of a house. And like, you see this Miata driving up, but it's Predator from the movie Predator. Like Alien vs. Predator. Like the monster. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, and like the Predator walks up with like Mike's Hard Lemonade. And they're like, what, do you, what were you planning on doing? <laughs> what, what are you playing? What were you planning here now? He's like, what is Good watch. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the sketch see. didn't get much further than that, but <laughs> yeah. it was a good five hours of work. <laughs> One guy, five hours of work. <laughs> but instead of like cops in the bushes, it was like Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers and stuff. And, and, no. and, yeah. Well, he, you know, they were we they didn't respond to our request to be in our sketch. <laughs> so. It's a great idea. <laughs> All right, what else do you have, Tyler? All right, last story, and this is where we're kind of staying on this same. Uh, and this this was really interesting. It has become a beat that I've become very interested in. I'm sure you all have seen over the past few months that there has been a growing interest in sort of online vigilante activism against human trafficking. Uh, here in the, it's become a it's become a summer thing. Uh, sometimes because of some very real and very horrifying cases like the Epstein situation. Sometimes it's a Wayfair uh, it's a Wayfair shipping container thing which is uh, a little less reputable of a conspiracy theory as these things go, but it's definitely been an extremely hot topic. I mentioned Wayfair yesterday, like my friend's looking for a mm-hmm. bar table or something, a milkshake table. And, uh, and, 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 and then I was like, well, check Wayfair. And they're like, no, I don't support Wayfair yeah. because of the yeah. trafficking. I was like, well, what are you? Well, you know that's not real. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's there's a, one of my favorite podcasts, Reply All, did an episode a few weeks ago about with Manzukas. Yeah, with Jason Manzukas. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did you hear that one? I did. Yeah. Uh, Zooks really steals the show on those. Um, yeah, but but they did kind of a deep dive on that conspiracy and 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 laid out why there are portions of it that are not only absurd, but those people who are perpetuating it have actually damaged some innocent people's lives who just happen to have the same names as people who work at or executives at Wayfair. It's it's a dangerous conspiracy to perpetuate. We're going to get into a little bit of that here. We're actually jumping the gun a bit uh, because I do think that a lot of the attention that's being paid to human trafficking right now comes with some pretty serious misunderstandings about the reality of human trafficking. Well-intentioned, absolutely. I, I think these. I'm not accusing these people of not caring about the issues, but if you go in half-cocked without knowing all the facts, uh, you could end up doing more harm than good, which is the case of what happened last week in Georgia. So there was a press release that uh, many news outlets, including our own, received uh, from the government that what the headline of which was U.S. Marshals find 39 missing children in Georgia during Operation Not Forgotten. A press release said that the government had rescued 26 children, had safely located 13 more and had made nine arrests. It was reported in The New York Times. It was reported in People magazine. Sounds like a really good thing. But uh, then a journalist over at the Huffington Post did some digging into this and found that the situation is really a lot less clear and in some ways much more mundane and and not nearly as uh, gripping as the headline makes it sound. Uh, Found a few few interesting things uh, kind of breaking down some of the stats in here. So yes, Operation Not Forgotten in Georgia set out to find 78 children who had been listed as critically missing by the government and did successfully find 65 of them. But of those 65, only 15 
of those were suspected of being victims of trafficking, and of those, only six were actually confirmed. The rest were recovered from various situations. They could have been at a friend's house. They could have been crashing on the couch of a of a parent who didn't have custody. Some of them were just on the streets. Uh, and then many of these simply had their cases closed without really being found, which could have meant they were found by a different agency or that the child was actually never missing in the first place and had just been uh, incorrectly reported as missing. The operation did not take place in Georgia. It took place over several states over the period of a couple of weeks. Uh, so there was no real single big sex trafficking ring. And I think that's what people think when they're like, why isn't the media talking about this? It's this idea that federal agents are repelling into some sort of underground bunker or kicking down the doors. It's less dramatic. It's less of a, this is no Liam Neeson in Taken situation. Um, there was only one person who ended up being charged with sex trafficking. And, and in fact, uh, one thing that I realized here is that in the U.S., to, in order to be, if you're a minor, being trafficked doesn't necessarily mean that you were kidnapped or that you have a, a pimp or anything like that. Uh, anytime that a minor, even of their own free volition, uh, trades anything, trades anything sexual for a place to stay, for drugs, for food or whatever, they are listed as trafficked. So you don't need a boss you don't need a head honcho pulling the strings mm. yeah it, it, you, you see this a lot and and obviously it's a weird sort of straw man that sort of pops up in a lot of uh conversations about politics and social policy about uh you know well i'm against child trafficking that's why it's like well everyone's against that it's horrible but you also see statistics being manipulated a lot of times when you see the number of, 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 you know, being thrown around about the prevalence of child trafficking. Like you said, Tyler, a lot of the, and that it's not that this, it isn't an important situation that people should right. be involved with and aware of. It's the opposite. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have misinformation about it because a lot of those situations are, you know, domestic situation, custody things where, right. you know, uh, you know, one parent takes the kid and the other one says, well, they don't have custody. I reported missing. It, again, they're, People need to to be pretty to 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 do their their homework when they want to get involved with being kind of educated about this issue because unfortunately there are strands of you know people who have pol underlying political motives that willingly manipulate these types of stories to make it seem like one the media isn't doing its job to tell people about this and two there are these conspiracies that kind of reach you know far into things you know dispelling misinformation does nothing to help the cause of preventing child trafficking now now jesse you know nuance is not the american way you know it, it's, it's like no no it's, this is black and white man <laughs> yeah. there are these rings and you just bust in there kick the door down with your ak-47 with the bump stock on it and you just level everything in your way and you ask questions later and that is how you get results in america you feel me <laughs> Like yeah. that's what we need to do. Like just letting y'all know. Derek has a big milkshake in his hand. If if you like, I'm like I, I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, okay, what you said was, you know, police officers or federal agents were knocking door to door, and they were finding people that were lost in in different type of situations. And my first thought was like, man, that probably is a better use of your time than, um. Uh, beating up protesters or, uh, you know, catching guys for bad checks and, 
kneeling on their neck for nine minutes. Like, I'm yeah. just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, even regardless of the politics behind it, I'm like, man, that's actually a good use of time. Like, hey, here's this list of people we have no clue where they're at. Hey, let's go find them. Mm-hmm. Let's go put, let's go, let's go do that instead of, you know, going in and beating up black people over over <laughs> a half an ounce of marijuana. Like, I'm like, hey guys, let's do that. I, like, I'm I'm all for this. Like, I'm like, thumbs up. This is this is it. This is this. Yeah. Is, I love this. It's a positive story. It's just not like yeah. you're saying. It's not a dramatic story. Yeah. It's right. not as interesting as so the press release. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. work. It's, like, it's detective work. It's boring, <laughs> and uh, and it takes a long time. And the results aren't this. There's a lot more details about all this, and and we've broken it down over at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, you can check it all out there, e- even if it's not quite as exciting as the headlines of some other news outlets might make it seem. It is worth reading. Uh, and we've go. also linked to some other organizations that are doing great work in the actual world of human trafficking who have the resources and the wisdom and the experience to do to do good work there. Uh, and obviously, you can check those places out as well. So here's right. the question is that it just seems very coincidental. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm stepping into, into Jesse's lane here, but it seems really coincidental that Robert Pattinson all, all of a sudden has to stop filming because he has COVID. And then all of these mm. sex traffickers have been abducted. I think, you know, have been apprehended. I think maybe, you know, he's actually Batman and he's out there doing <laughs> the, the work. Yeah, I knew it. I think yeah. that's what's happening. I think they're working. Uh-huh. I mean, they work with the Marisol chick. There's no reason why they can't work with Robert Pattinson. You know what I'm there saying? You I think that's that, you no know, he reason. has all those tools and stuff. No reason at all. So they, that's my they opinion. They saw him. They saw his. <laughs> like, that's what I was, it's not COVID. It's not COVID, they saw man. They lasagna and they were like, this is a man who thinks outside the box. <laughs> That's what it is. It's not, it's not COVID. It's not COVID at all. Fueled by handheld lasagna, he takes to the streets. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Tyler. Go check out more every day. We're publishing over at relevantmagazine.com. Stay tuned. Up next, Why Oak joins us. You're listening to The Belonging Co. and Sarah Reeves is the live version of Just Want You. Well, today's episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh. You can get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. HelloFresh can help you eat more sustainably. Pre-proportioned ingredients means there's less prep for you and less food waste. In the packaging, HelloFresh uh, sends your food in and is almost entirely made from recyclable or already recycled content. Uh, Their program is flexible. You can easily change your delivery days or food preferences. You can skip a week, pause it whenever you need. HelloFresh has been incredibly delicious and convenient for me and uh, my busy schedule. Actually, I love cooking HelloFresh uh, and my son loves it too. They make it easy and affordable. Right now, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash Relevant80 and use the code Relevant8080 to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. Uh, additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com slash Relevant80 for more details. That's HelloFresh.com slash Relevant80 and use offer code Relevant80 to get a total of $80 off your first month. 
Well, Andy Stack and Jen Wasner make up Y Oak. Uh, they've been creating indie rock classics since 2007. Their latest project, No Horizon, released this summer. And although it was written before the pandemic, Andy can't help but look for ways that his music has fresh relevance to our new context. Our very own Tyler Huckabee sat down with Andy to talk about releasing music in the pandemic and the toil of creating music. Here is part of that conversation. Something that happened with this release, and I and that I think happens often, is that the the music that you write when it then comes into the world, it it, it gets some kind of new meaning or it gets recontextualized, and it feels renewed. And that that, that definitely happened here, um, kind of creepy way. Like there's one uh, song called "No Place on It" that's like all about living in this like no you know no place in this in this like in between nothing space like emotional void and it when when all this stuff started happening and and we were just finishing the ep it felt really eerie um and that was not really something that could be predicted but it's a universal sentiment and you know, you can, if you're writing something real, then it, it can get kind of recontextualized depending on what's going on around you. I do find for myself that often the best path toward getting something that I don't hate <laughs> is figuring out a, a way to um, like dissociate and go into some sort of like, um, I don't know if it's higher or lower <laughs> plane of being, but um, and, and, and just sort of like free, free associative stuff. And, and, um, I don't know, getting to that place where it doesn't feel like it's coming from, from me, but it's coming from some other place. And I don't, I don't really know what that place is, but, um, when I can do that, I, I generally feel like it's, I don't know, you, you, you lose the affect that way. We are much more in control of our own, I don't know, narrative or 
or um, the the way we present ourselves than we used to be. I think we've we've had a long enough stretch of time where we just are kind of continuously shifting and evolving and defying our, ourselves that it's come to be sort of one of the, the defining things about the band and um, you know earlier on I think there were I mean not just fans but even like different people who we worked with um, who <laughs> were scratching their head you know like when we did Shriek um, and we sort of started playing with some different textures and some 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 new styles like there were definitely some people scratching their heads on our on our like you know team or whatever um but i don't know i i i feel like you know i guess you still get some of that stuff but my experience with it is like the last few years everyone's been really supportive of some of the kind of harebrained stuff that we want to do. And it's made us feel more bold and emboldened. And it's, I think it's also made it possible for us to keep going in a lot of ways. The song that really stands out to me is is the last one, um, which is like the prettiest. Um, the, it, it's it's sort of a ballad, and um, that was that was one where the kids in the group, when we performed it with them, they they really took to it, and um, there's some really kind of thorny. Vo- vocal counterpoint writing in there that I was pretty sure they were not going to be able to hang with. And they just like first time, they just absolutely nailed it. Um, and, and it was just like also an example of like seeing this, this really large group of kids singing and all like smiles on their faces. Like you could tell that was like their favorite. And so it, it became my favorite. Trick. It was, it was great. Just a concept, everything has hidden meaning. Trees in the wind are tapping, Mars cold against my window, and the sun goes down. And the face of the moon is marked with words, messages in a hidden language. That was Y Oak. Make sure to check out our feature on them in the magazine section at relevantmagazine.com.
listening to Washed Out. The song is Paralyzed. Well, many thanks to Y Oak for joining us. Again, you can read that feature, plus many others, including the cover story on Maverick City Music, uh, the Avet Brothers, some amazing think pieces, conversations with faith leaders. The magazine, Relevant Magazine, is back in an all-new way. Go check out issue 102, issue 102 at relevantmagazine.com. It's right there in the nav bar. Just click magazine. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Jamie Ivey. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, check out our Relevant Podcast Network, featuring shows like Relevant Daily, Signs of Life, Unedited, and many more launching throughout the year. Sure, let's talk about your handheld lasagna. Relevant Podcast Network.